You're listening to the Opportunity Zones and Private Equity Show. Listen in for news and insights on how Opportunity Zones, private equity funds, and private real estate can help you grow your wealth. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Atkinson. Welcome to today's Wealth Channel webinar. I'm Jimmy Atkinson, co-founder of Wealth Channel. At Wealth Channel, we help high net worth investors grow their wealth with alternative investment strategies. Today's webinar is 45 minutes and will also include toward the end a special offer for our upcoming investor conference taking place in the Dallas-Fort Worth area one month from today on June 16th. We'd love to see you there, so please stick around to the end so you can get access to that special offer. Today's webinar is titled The Three Essential Habits of High Net Worth Investors. My co-presenter today is my business partner, Andy Hagens, the other co-founder of Wealth Channel. Andy, welcome. We're going to get to you and started with our presentation momentarily, but first, a, f- a few announcements. And one, I want to know, hey, where's everyone joining us from today? Drop us a note in the chat, click the chat button in your Zoom toolbar, and let us know where you're dialing in from. I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. Andy's located in Western Michigan. So just uh, it'd be great to find out where everybody else is joining us from today. I also just want to let everyone know that, yes, today's webinar is being recorded. We're going to circulate a recording of this webinar to everyone who registered by tomorrow. And actually, this is also going to get released as tomorrow's podcast episode. So uh, it'll get distributed widely. But if you're here live, you're in for a special treat. Secondly, we want this program to be interactive. And here's where we're counting on you, our live audience. If you have any questions for Andy or myself, please use the Q&A tool in your Zoom toolbar or use the chat. We'll monitor both. Don't be shy. We want a lot of questions and we'll save some time toward the end of our 45-minute period for some live Q&A with our audience. And with that said, Andy, it's great to see you, pal. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, it's a beautiful day in May and I'm excited for this webinar. I mean, as you said, this is the first webinar of its type that we've ever done. We've seen pretty big registration count, you know, for this. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Most of our uh, webinars are educational webinars directed at advisors a lot of the time, or we were joined by an accountant or an attorney to walk us through a technical topic. Or sometimes we have uh, private offering pitch webinars with fund issuers or real estate developers who are raising capital. But today's meant to just be educational. It's just me and Andy. And we're just talking directly to you, the high net worth investor, uh, about the three essential habits that we have developed over time and that we think are essential for any high net worth investor to have some success. Uh, Andy, we're going to dive into the formal presentation in just a minute or two, but I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the topic today. We're talking about the three essential habits of high net worth investors, but Andy, how did we arrive at these habits and why are they so important? Well, we arrived at them the old fashioned way. I think maybe that's fair to say. Uh, you know, through maybe trial and error, through uh, mistakes, lessons were learned, the school of hard knocks, you know, in whatever phrase you want to use. But you and I, we've been business partners for basically 20 years now, right? Since we were college yep. roommates. And in our 20s and early 30s, we built up and scaled and then sold four different businesses that we co-founded together. We had those liquidity events along the way. And with those liquidity events, they you know, forced us to become investors, you know, kind of in a a overnight kind of a way. And, you know, what one of the themes that I think we'll talk about today is there is so much good investment advice, investment educational content out there, right? So just just to name like one example, 
I remember reading Ramit Sethi's I Will Teach You to Be Rich like 10 years ago. My, my wife read it. And there's lots of books like that, you know, Dave Ramsey's, Susie Orman, just, you know, hundreds, thousands. But most of them have that kind of basic, uh, basic advice, which makes sense because it's applicable to 90% of people out there, which is, you know, uh, spend less than you earn, max out your 401k and IRA. You know, inside the 401k, invest in low cost index funds or ETFs. That is sound advice, you know, up to the point where you're a high net worth accredited investor. The issue is once you're an accredited investor, especially if you're a self directed accredited investor, then everything gets way more complex. And then there's a relative lack of information or educational content geared towards high net worth investors. So I think you know you and I we've we've had some definite successes along the way. We've had we've made mistakes along the way. We've also gotten to know a lot of other you know family offices, high net worth investors, professionals, and just had a dialogue with so many people who've shared with us their mistakes, their wins. And so I, I think we kind of you know er, earned this knowledge. I would say is that is that fair to say, Jimmy? I, I think so. And by the way, that's the reason why I started Opportunity DB a resource aimed at educating high net worth investors all about opportunity zone investments. And it's also why you and I started Wealth Channel, right, Andy? Just to try to disseminate this information to the individuals who are high net worth investors and are looking to grow their wealth. But um, those everyday resources, like you mentioned, may not be as readily available. So at what point, Andy, does it become crucial to start implementing these habits as an investor? At what point along your investing career uh, do you really need to start thinking about these habits and incorporating them into your life? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question, and it you know might be different for every person. So you know, for instance, I have always had a passion for investing. Like I was literally reading the Wall Street Journal like as a teenager, like just for fun. You know, I'd pick it up at Seven Eleven. So it's different for every person, but I would say, you know, you you need to implement these habits when you cross that threshold into being a high net worth individual. You know, so you know if we're gonna if we're gonna use a litmus test. Let's say the accredited investor threshold, and you know, high net worth. Maybe it differs depending on what area of the country you live in. You know, cost of living, all that sort of thing. But I think that demarcation line is a pretty good one because once you're an accredited investor, there's a whole new menu of investment offerings that are now open to you. And then at the same time, there's that lack of information about those types of investments. And again, most of that information that's published educationally about investing is geared towards that 90%, which is you know spend less than you earn, max out your 401k, invest in low-cost index funds. There's nothing wrong with that information. But once you become an accredited investor, I think it's not that you outgrow that information, but it's more that you now have the opportunity to build on it, right? But, but the cost to entry, the barrier to entry with a lot of these other opportunities is knowledge. Right. For instance, if you don't know about the Opportunity Zones program, how can you take advantage of it? Great, Andy. Well, with that, let me go ahead and uh, share my screen here and we'll officially get going with today's presentation, the three essential habits of high net worth investors. And again, for those who just joined in the last few minutes or in case you missed my earlier announcement, we are going to save some time at the end of today's webinar for some live Q&A. So if you have any questions for us, please use the Q&A tool in your Zoom toolbar. We were also asking earlier where everybody is 
joining us from today. Andy, you should pull up the chat and uh, and and find out if anybody's uh, in your neck of the woods. Maybe we'll, I'll, I'll read those off a little bit later, I guess. Uh, let us know where you're dialing in from if you haven't yet, though. I'm always curious to see where everybody's joining us from. And we're also going to have a special offer about our Wealth Channel Summit event that we're hosting in Fort Worth on June 16th if you stay toward the end. So but let's dive in. The three essential habits of high net worth investors at Wealth Channel. We're the number one private marketplace for high net worth investors. And I'm Jimmy. He's Andy. Our mission is to help you as an investor achieve financial freedom and build generational wealth for your family. If that all sounds good, and if uh, today's presentation goes well, hopefully you'll want to come join us in Fort Worth next month on June 16th, Wealth Channel Summit. I'm going to tell you more about this toward the end of today's educational segment. So Andy, don't let me forget. Um, but let's dive in now. The three essential habits of high net worth investors as we see them, the three habits are number one, have a goal and review it annually. You need to know where you're going and you need to reassess it periodically. Number two, thinking in terms of triple net returns. I'll, and we'll look, by the way, we're going to dive deeper into each of these in a minute here. And number three is to be a lifelong learner and to learn every day. These habits are really essential for, I would say, any investor, but particularly when you get to the point of being a high net worth investor, an accredited investor um, worth at least a million dollars or bringing in a certain level of income. The SEC defines accredited investor as anyone with a million dollars net worth or who has income greater than $200,000 a year. So we we use that term as, as a rough shorthand of what a high net worth investor is. It's important for those individuals especially these three habits, because it's at that point where taxes really start making a meaningful difference for you and you have maxed out your uh, your tax-advantaged accounts typically. And also, there's just not a lot of knowledge out there, as Andy alluded to in the intro. But let's dive into each of the three habits right now. So habit number one is to have a goal and to review it annually. And we aren't making this first one up completely. We're relying on, we're looking at what institutional investors and what what successful, sophisticated family offices have been doing for decades. And they all have, at least the sophisticated, successful ones, they all have in place what's referred to as an investment policy statement, where you clearly outline your goals you clearly outline your time horizon, your risk tolerance, your asset allocation, a tax plan, and also a process for reviewing regularly your investment policy statement, its goals, and your asset allocation, a plan for rebalancing your asset allocation. I'm going to show you an example of an investment policy statement that Andy and I have been working on for some time. We call it the Wealth Channel investment policy statement worksheet. Um, we're going to get to that in a moment on the next couple of slides here. The second bullet point here is is a calendar, and it's kind of uh, reiterating the last point of having a process in place. It's really important, first of all, to define your goals so you know where you're going and you know whether or not you have achieved your goal or not, if you're on track or off track. But you also need to have a calendar in place. As Andy and I like to say, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. This is the type of thing that needs to be reviewed 
annually, at least annually. Some people may choose to do it every three to six months. I think more or less, though, I would say annually is probably a, a fair place to, to start. That's what I do with my portfolio. I think Andy does it with his portfolio about annually as well. Set a reminder on your calendar for June 1st or April 30th, whatever you want, and, and always review on that date. Andy, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this before I start showing examples of the investment policy statement. Well, you know, just a little bit more context, you know, why the investment policy statement is so important, you know, to me, and I think to self-directed high net worth investors, it's because a lot of times as investors, our worst enemy is ourselves, right? Behavioral risk, chasing the shiny new thing. And by writing down your investment policy statement, you know, what your goals are, what your time horizon is, you know, your risk tolerance, it gives you self-accountability. Right? It's, and it's honestly very, I would say, freeing. It gives you freedom in a way because now when I'm reviewing any type of new opportunity, any type of new investment offer, you know, offering, I'm not just asking like, is, is this a good investment sort of in an abstract sense, but I can evaluate it in the context of, does this fit into my overall portfolio? And does my portfolio reflect my goals as an investor, as a human being, as a dad, as a husband, you know, big picture life stuff, because this should all be integrated and consistent. So this might seem like something really simple, but without this, you know, I think a lot of investors are just kind of floating along, you know, without any self-accountability. And statistically, we know that a lot of investors are their own worst enemy. Yeah. I think that's oftentimes the case is investors can be their own worst enemy because oftentimes you get into trouble with psychological or behavioral issues. You see the market turn down and um, cut to the chase. A lot of times you see investors buying high and, and selling low, which is not exactly what you want to do. You want to have a plan and stick to it. You want to not panic during market downturns. Um, let's, let's, let's move along though, Andy, and actually take a look at an example of an IPS, an investment policy statement. By the way, these can be a uh, hundred pages long. If you're a very sophisticated if you're institution, Harvard. if you're an endowment fund at a university or or you're an enormous family office and you have hundreds of millions of dollars or, or billions of dollars to play with. If you're an ordinary high net worth investor like me and Andy, you know we, we might just have um, a one page or a two page investment policy statement. And that's actually the example that that we're looking at here um, is just a, a one pager. And um, I've kind of split it up into three parts here. So the next three slides will go over the investment policy statement. So first at the very top, define the goal. What is your investment goal? For example, I'd like to grow, and it, it, this should be qualitative and quantitative. So I actually define numbers in here. I'd like to grow my net worth from X to Y so that I can Z is, is kind of the formula that we're, we're following here before age 55 or whatever. So that's a very clear investment goal that you can review annually per your calendar. And you can see whether or not you're on track there. It's qualitative and it's quantitative. And I would also suggest, Andy, you can adjust this goal over time as your life may change and and factors in your life may change as, as your family grows or as you get older, you can you can tweak this goal over time. Um, and, and it ties in well with the second point, which is your time horizon. Um, if you're 
just starting out, you're in your 20s, you have a very different time horizon and therefore very different goals and a different asset allocation than you might if you were in your 50s or your 60s and approaching retirement, or if you were in your 60s or, or beyond and you were actually in retirement, you're going to have very different investment time horizons there. Andy, any thoughts on these two points before I move on to the to the next couple of points? No, let, let's carry on. This is great. Um, so part two of three here, risk tolerance, asset allocation, and then some tax planning features here. So risk tolerance, you can define it in any number, any one of a number of ways. Here we're, we, we are comparing in our example, our investment portfolio, we want to have relatively low risk and we want it to be less volatile than the S&P 500. Um, and oftentimes this risk tolerance will then dictate the next point here, which is our target asset allocation. If we wanted, if we wanted to be very risky, we would, we would be majority stocks or vast majority stocks, or maybe hundred percent stocks um, or hundred percent private equity or something like that. But in this case, we're going a little bit less, a uh, little bit more conservative. We want our portfolio to be less volatile. So target asset allocation in this example is certain amount in stocks, certain amount in fixed income, and a certain amount in alternative investments like qualified opportunity funds or private equity real estate investments or what have you. Um, and then finally, um, on this to, to close out this second part, and then we've got two more aspects on the on the part three, wrappers, accounts, and tax planning. So all of this just goes under the umbrella of taxes. And this is why, by the way, this is in particular is good for high net worth investors to focus on because oftentimes as a high net worth, you may be a business owner or an entrepreneur who has limited access to a retirement plan. It's not like you have an employer that you can just uh, say, I want to max out my 401k and you're going to match it. Sometimes you are the employer. Sometimes you are the business owner or sometimes you're a small business owner and you don't have the same access to the same tax advantage spaces as you know, the, the ordinary type of, of main street investors that are covered in the books that Andy mentioned earlier, the, the people that are helped by Dame, Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman and Ramit Sethi's of the world. By the way, we could probably do an entire webinar on just uh, tax planning for high net worth investors. We'll save that for another time. But suffice it to say, in this example here, max out all of your tax advantage spaces, your 401k, your IRA, maybe you have a SEP IRA, whatever, with your least tax efficient investments. And then make sure that your allocation to alternatives includes a lot of tax efficient investments as well, such as energy investments, opportunity zone funds, I love, as Andy knows. And then for the traditional investments that, and those that may not be tax advantage, at least attack what you can, control what you can, which is using low cost and efficient wrappers, mainly ETFs, and I would say even index ETFs in this example, right? Andy, any 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 comments on this before we move on? Well, I just want to comment briefly on, you know, risk tolerance. This is something where it, it you know, you need to be honest with yourself, right? Because I will say as an investor, and, you know, we talk about, uh, we we earned this knowledge, you know, going into 2008, 2009, the, the great financial crisis turned out, I thought my risk tolerance was higher than it was. And through that experience, I learned 
No, I have more of a moderate risk tolerance. It's not extremely low, but it, I, you know, I thought I had a very high risk tolerance, and then I learned, oh wow, I only have high risk tolerance in a bull market, Jimmy. I think that's probably <laughs> that's probably pretty common. So be honest about that. It's not a contest to see who's willing to bear the most risk, right? Um, and then another, just one other note on the wrappers, accounts, and tax planning section. You know, this is kind of planting the seeds of that triple net returns framework that we're going to talk about later in the webinar, which is so, so, so important for high net worth investors that we're not, we're no longer just analyzing investments in terms of the underlying assets. Now we're analyzing investments in terms of what is the asset inside what kind of wrapper inside what kind of account, right? And then you can do that triple net framework analysis to find out, well, what are the true triple net returns flowing to me? And if it's all inside a 401k, you don't need to worry about that, right? right? But now that you're a high net worth investor, you do need to be thinking that way. So this is just planting that seed. Before we move along, um, we got people joining us from all over the country. And we got DC, Austin, Texas, a couple of people from Oregon, Chandler, Arizona, Irvine, California, LA, Santa Fe, Boston. I love, I love all the Texas and Southwestern folks because it's just going to be what, a short, short drive or... A short flight to our upcoming event. So that's, that's true. Great. That's true. South Jersey and Daytona Beach represented <laughs> too. Just wanted to, wanted to get all those in before we moved along. Uh, last last part here, habit one, we're spending a lot of time on. We'll go through habits two and three a little more quickly. They're a little more straightforward, but the the end of the IPS here, the last couple of aspects have, um, we're talking about the process, the calendaring system. Like I mentioned, you should have a process for rebalancing your portfolio. Some people like to do this annually. I don't think it needs to be done annually necessarily. Um, it could be done every two to five years, I think. Um, I would say at a minimum, probably five years. And that's what our example says here. Um, rebalance your portfolio every five years at a minimum or annually if conditions might warrant it. If we've had a huge run-up in the stock market in one year, um, you might be overweighted in stocks after just 12 months after you last rebalanced. Maybe it's a good time to rebalance or... Uh, we have a big drawdown as well. Maybe the inverse is true. So uh, portfolio rebalancing should have a process in place to accomplish that. Doesn't necessarily need to be on a particular date every year. Um, although some people adhere to that. I would say do what feels comfortable for you. Do what also feels realistic for you. What what are you most likely to accomplish? Um, perfection is the enemy of the good, as as we like to say. And then finally, a process in place for just reviewing this IPS, this investment policy statement. This investment policy statement, you don't write it once when you're 22 years old and then it lives in stone forever. You need to adjust it over time as your family grows, as your life situation changes, as your income increases, as your net worth increases, as your time horizon shrinks. Um, and we strongly recommend you do this portfolio review and your IPS review every year. Be January 1st, although quite frankly, who wants to do this on January 1st after you've been out drinking the night before on New Year's Eve, but maybe February 1st or February 28th or what's today's date? May 16th, for instance. I don't know. Uh, pick a date, stick with it, do it every year. Andy, you ready to move on to habit number two? Let's do it. Habit number two is thinking triple net returns. There are drags on returns. And when I mention returns, I'm talking about projected returns that you might find in a prospectus, projected returns that you might find in a pitch deck, 
um, actual returns that you might read in a quarterly statement or an annual statement from your brokerage account or your, um, you know, a, a quarterly statement from your uh, an, an investment fund that you might be invested in. Just know that with every investment, there are drags on those numbers. And those drags specifically are fees, first of all, and then taxes, and then inflation. And oftentimes, these numbers get disregarded or swept under the rug one way or another. Sometimes uh, returns are reported net of fees. Um, oftentimes, you'll see projections that are net of fees as well. But don't forget about taxes and don't forget about inflation. And if it doesn't specifically mention that they're net of fees, maybe maybe that's before fees are, are taken into account. Um, so, Andy, what are some of your thoughts here on minding the drag and and considering these three factors when you're looking at returns? Well, it needs to be a habit. It needs to be, I mean, you know, and if it's not a habit, it needs to be something you make into a habit. It needs to be almost automatic when you're looking at an investment. You know, back to the example of, you know, a typical investor, 90% of investors who are mainly, you know, they're making their house payment. That's a form of savings. And then they're investing through their 401k or maybe an IRA. There is very little control well, really over any of this in that situation, right? Because if I'm investing solely through a 401k, you know, the the funds that are available to me inside that 401k are are baked in. You know, I I can I guess I can look at the menu and maybe choose some lower fee funds, but it's essentially out of my control the fee structure of the funds that are included in that 401k. And by the way, 401ks, especially if there's any kind of company match, are such a great deal for the investor, right? They're a fantastic deal that, you know, the fees, you could almost legitimately say the fees like hardly even matter in the sense that they're going to be greatly outweighed by the advantages of investing in a 401k. You know, the taxes, again, in a 401k, you're not paying taxes on those gains, on that income and the gains and the returns from that account. And then inflation, there's really nothing we can do about inflation, although we need to be aware of it. So, you know, I think the reason that this is hard is when you're investing in that 401k, when you're a non-accredited investor, this return framework is just simply way less relevant and you don't necessarily need it. Once you are an accredited investor, a high net worth investor, you know you generally will have these sorts of accounts, your 401ks and your IRAs maxed out. So you're out of tax advantage space. And so now you're choosing investment offerings you're choosing what sponsors you're investing with, what managers you're investing with. So that's control over fee structure. And also, especially if you're investing in alternatives, the world is your oyster in terms of tax advantages. There are all sorts of different tax advantage products. You know, from on the kind of light end, you have REITs, you have energy programs, uh, all kinds of underlying assets that you know, may have tax advantages. And then there are also wrappers, like not only REITs, but qualified opportunity funds. DSTs, if you're investing in real estate directly, you have 1031 exchanges. And, and those can really make or break your returns, right? Because let's think about, let's take a, a like a bond fund, Jimmy, just as an example, like a high yielding bond fund that's yielding 7% a year. And let's say that the, the fees are 100 BIPs, you know, so you're paying 1% in fees. So right off the bat, the 7% is a 6% net return. 
right? And then because that's ordinary income, it's taxed at roughly, if you're in that highest income bracket, it's taxed at 40% or even higher, depending on state taxes. So now the net returns net of fees and net of taxes less than 4%, and inflation is totally wiping out the rest, right? Yep. If you put that same bond fund inside a 401k, the return is positive. Outside of 401k, it's negative. So, you know, once you're kind of in this, this wild west of being a high net worth investor, investing in these taxable accounts, um, a lot of times this triple net framework is the difference between high return and low return, or even positive return versus negative return. Yeah, well said. And holy smokes, Andy, we're in a pretty high inflationary environment here. I guess we're in a disinflationary environment. Technically, inflation's coming down, but I don't think uh, anybody was really thinking too much about or too worried about inflation being one of the primary drags on any of their returns 18 months ago um, for the better part of a decade. Inflation was so low. What what did we have inflation-wise, like 2% a year? Um, I, bet, I bet some of our attendees and listeners were were maybe had an inkling of what was coming, but, you, oh, but sure. you're right. It did, it did kind of catch people by surprise. So especially in this current environment, yeah. this framework is more important than ever. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to our third habit that sophisticated investors and high net worth investors implement to have success. And it's this one is uh, pretty simple. And actually, I think it applies to everyone, whether you're an investor or not, whether you're high net worth or not. But it's particularly important if you are a high net worth investor and it's become a lifelong learner and learn every day. And the reason why it's so crucial for a high net worth investor in particular to implement this particular habit is that, well, as Andy likes to tell me, no one cares more about your money than you do. So what we mean by that is you can't merely rely on the counsel of everyone else around you, your friends, your family, your advisors. They can advise you in different ways, but you need to at least know enough to be dangerous. And frankly, I would actually say, Andy, by virtue of the fact that you all are here in attendance today or you're you're watching this or, or listening to this, uh, you likely are already adhering to this third habit. We're kind of self-selecting our, our audience here with this one, but probably pretty much everybody here in this room or everybody who's, who's watching or listening um, live or the recorded version is a, a learner in this sense that they raised their hand and said, hey, yeah, I do want to learn about the three essential habits of high net worth investors. So if you're here, you're doing something right. And um, I think that's that that's great that that you're learning. And it's it's what Andy and I do too by putting together the resources that we put together at Opportunity DB with our Opportunity Zones platform and education and and now at Wealth Channel with our alternative investment strategy education. We're teaching you how to be a high net worth investor and how to take advantage of these strategies that aren't very well known or that are typically only accessed by the ultra wealthy. It's really crucial that you continue to educate yourself so you don't need to know every single nitty gritty detail about section 1031 of the tax code or section 1400Z of the tax code, which is opportunity zones. I mean, you should at least know enough to be dangerous, enough to have a fluent conversation with your tax advisor, with your attorney, with your financial advisor, and with the operators, the GPs that you invest in, 
or with your fellow GPs if you are an operator. Andy, what are your other thoughts here on on this last habit? Well, I'm going to use a baseball analogy because as you know, I'm a, I'm a huge baseball fan. I love fan. your baseball analogies. Well, so in this analogy, you know, baseball and investing are the same thing, right? And if you're the investor, you're the franchise owner, right? You own the team. You own the franchise. Doesn't mean that you know the nitty gritty, uh, every little thing about pitching or you know how to scout in single A or high A and you know find those prospects those those hot bats you're not going to know every nitty gritty of the game of baseball you might say well i have a general manager and i have a pitching coach and i have a hitting coach in my organization but you need to know enough to hire the right general manager to hire the right coaches like at the end of the day you own the franchise so its success its failure is really going to affect you the most so in my own case i love my cpa Right. And, and, and his, he and his team, I mean, I think they're geniuses. Um, but, but not every CPA knows about all of these different tax advantaged programs. Right. And there's a lot of CPAs who have no idea what an opportunity zone is, for instance, or they might know about, for instance, 1031 exchanges, but not be a specialist in them. So re- really, it's, it's not so much about just the knowledge. It's also about that motivation where no one is going to be as motivated as you are to maximize your investment returns, you know, or to achieve your investment goal, maybe I should say that, right. No one's going to care more than you do. So you at least need to know enough to be dangerous, to use Jimmy's words. Um, and, and if you have a passion, you know, speaking about alternative investments, which is a passion for me, you know, it can be, that passion can be profitable, right? If you're really interested in real estate, sometimes you can follow that passion into learning about that niche and, and, you know, to make investments in that niche. So, um, it doesn't mean that you need to be an expert about everything, but just remember that ultimately no one is going to care about it as much as you do. I think Andy just uttered words that no other human has ever said before, which is I love my CPA, but Hey, good for you, Andy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so that was, that was the three essential habits of high net worth investors have an investment policy statement. What was the second one, Andy? Think triple net returns and learn every day. And if you liked that presentation, it was actually a sneak preview of a more in-depth workshop that we're going to do with our audience at Wealth Channel Summit, which is the first in-person conference that we've ever put together. It's coming together very nicely. We have almost all of our speakers lined up. We have a lot of people signed up to come and join us in Fort Worth on June 16th, 2023. And I want to tell everybody in the audience right now a little bit more about it and also give you a special offer that'll save you some money on tickets and also possibly get you a free gift. We'll we'll get to that in a minute here. Give me a couple minutes to just kind of tell you a little bit more about the event, what to expect. It's just a one-day event, exclusive one-day event just for our network here at Wealth Channel. And it's going to be a, a smaller event than a huge industry conference. We're limiting it to 100 people in the room. Um, that's a view of the, the hotel that we're going to have it at, Hotel Drover here in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're interested in learning how to use passive alternative investments like the ultra wealthy, I think you're really going to enjoy this. You're going to get to learn from a network with some of the top investing minds around the country, some of the top leaders in the alternative investments industry, people like Eric Hayden of Urban Catalyst, DJ Van Curen, who is the founder of the Family Office Real Estate Institute. Andy's going to do a fireside chat with him. Steven Pesavento of Von Finch Capital is our keynote speaker. Ashley Tyson, a lot of you know from OZ Pros, Taylor Trotloff at Starpoint Properties, Peter Saganik, 
at GTIS Partners. Uh, this is just a sampling of some of the speakers who have committed to be in attendance and, and to speak at the event. There's more speakers available on our website. Why attend? Um, when you attend Wealth Channel Summit, you're going to be able to leverage the expert knowledge that our expert speakers have. So you can help supercharge your investments, building valuable connections with like-minded individuals, investors, and world-class professionals, people who are kind of in the Wealth Channel tribe or, or have followed me at Opportunity DB or followed Andy and me at Wealth Channel for a long time. It's going to be really fun to get together and kind of network with all those different people. And also, we're going to teach you how to uncover some of the strategies that are typically only used by the ultra wealthy to invest for generational wealth. So if you're an investor, an entrepreneur, a, a business owner, maybe you're a real estate operator, a real estate investor, a fund manager, or an investment professional, if, if you're interested in learning how to invest for generational wealth, if you're interested in learning more about tax advantage investing strategies, if you're interested in learning how to grow your wealth with passive income, I think you'd be a good candidate to attend. Some of the topics that we're going to cover include the green bolded one. There's the one we just kind of worked on, the three essential habits of high net worth investors. What Andy and I just did was kind of a, a miniaturized version of what we're going to do at this event. Our keynote is going to focus on the investor mindset. Uh, we're also going to have topics on wealth development with real estate, how to invest like a successful family office, tax advantage investing strategies. Of course, we're going to talk about opportunity zones and beyond. We'll have a panel that's more or less fully dedicated to OZs. And then we'll have a few other topics we're going to cover throughout the course of the day as well. It's at the Hotel Drover one month from today, Friday, June 16th. Well, one month from when we're recording the same way. If you're watching the recording, we're within one month. Uh, this hotel is located within 25 minutes of the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. And we do have discounted rooms available for the next couple of weeks as well for conference attendees through our Wealth Channel group rate. Let's cut to the chase. Ticket information. Uh Limited tickets are available. As I said, we're going to cap it at 100 people. We are currently running, if you check our website, we're currently running an early bird special, which will save you $200 if you purchase your ticket um, through June 2nd. General admission gets you into the full conference and you get free breakfast and lunch. You get all the sessions. You have to network here with everybody. Our VIP package, um, you get everything from the general admission, but then we're also doing a special VIP event after the event, we're going to take everybody to the Texas Rangers ball game that night. Andy was just saying he's a big baseball fan. Um, we're going to go to the Texas Rangers game and we're going to have a private suite at the game with dinner and drinks. And so hopefully you'll uh, consider that as well. We, we are limiting the VIP package to 20 people max. And I think we're already about half full on that VIP package. Um, the pricing down there. Regular price for general admissions, $397. The early bird cuts it to $197. And then you see pricing for VIP package is $997. We've cut it to $797 for our early bird special. But we wanted to do something even more special than this for anybody watching this presentation today. So a special offer this week only. We're cutting the general admission price to $97 and the VIP package to $497. You can access this offer now by heading to wealthchannel.com slash offer or scan the QR code on your screen if, if you're able to watch us. That's $97 for general admission and $497 for the VIP package. So I hope you'll join us in Fort Worth on June 16th. Again, this offer will expire Friday, May 19th at midnight. And Andy has just posted a link 
to the special offer page in the chat if you just want to click that link. Uh, so that's the offer for this week. It expires Friday, May 19th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, $97 for general admission, $497 for the VIP package, which is a great deal. Head over to wealthchannel.com slash offer to learn more about the event and to take special advantage of this special offer, which again expires Friday, this Friday, May 19th, 2023 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. A special thank you to you, our audience, for watching today's presentation. To watch more of our podcasts, webinars, and events, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just head to wealthchannel.com slash YouTube, and you'll be the first to get notified when the recording of this webinar is made available. That's wealthchannel.com slash YouTube. And that concludes today's programming. Thank you very much. That's it for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and review to help spread the word to other investors. And we'll be back soon with another episode.